I'm really excited because, I, you know, this, this week uh, I've been asking the Lord what it, what it is that he has for us. And, and I heard something. Actually, um, we were at our Bible. No, we were at our, our, our School of Healing and Deliverance this past uh, Wednesday. And we were sharing some stuff. And, and as Jeff was uh, asked a question, I don't know, we were in conversation about something. Thank you. Um, the Lord just began to speak to me. And, and it was like, like it became a little overwhelming with his glory. And, and it was like I just heard the word tested tested and we were talking about healing and we're talking about you know I, I don't know what exactly the conversation was but it was along the lines of like why don't some why don't people sometimes get healed and it was like you know I just begin to ask the Lord some questions you know and, and these are good things to have these talks with the Lord so this this morning the message is going to be called tested and refined tested and refined holy ghost and the key verse um, that we're going to be out of this this morning, because, you know, you can't speak about being tested, right? Unless you speak about who? Jesus? Job. Oh, Job. Jesus, too. <laughs> You're right, too. <laughs> but, we're, you know, about Job. Job saw some testing. So the key verse this morning is going to be out of Job... 23, and we're going to start on verses 8 through 10. <clears throat> and it says in verse 8, it says, If I go east, he is not there. If I go west, I cannot perceive him. When he is at work to the north, I cannot see him. When he turns south, I cannot find him. Yet... He knows the way I have taken when he has tested me. And then it says, I will emerge as pure gold. As pure gold. So by a show of hands, how many of you guys have been experiencing any kind of testing? Come on, right? All the time. And that's a true statement. Every day we see a testing. Come on. It can be from our health, our finances, our job, our family members. We go through a testing. <laughs> Bart? <laughs> you make me want to laugh. <laughs> so let, let's... Uh, <laughs> We're going to turn to, let's turn to Job. Everybody get your Bibles out. Do you have your Bibles this morning for church? All right. Let's, let's turn our Bible. We're going to go to the Word. We're going to start on Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1. And I'm going to start reading a little bit just to kind of give us a little bit of an introduction to it. We, we know the story very well. Everybody, this is something we all know. We're going to dig into it just a little bit. There was once a man named Job who lived in the land of Uz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and always stayed away from evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels. 500 teams of oxen and 500 female donkeys. He also had many servants. 
He was, in fact, the richest person in the entire area. Job's sons, Job's sons would take turns preparing the feast in their homes, and they would also invite their three sisters to celebrate with them. When these celebrations ended, sometimes after, after several days, Job would purify his children. He would get up early in the morning and offer a burnt offering for each of them. For Job said to himself, Perhaps my children have sinned and have cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular practice. Well, that's, that's pretty interesting, right? Like, just in case my kids did something, right, just in case. So then we go on to verse 6. And we see in verse 6, and the title for this one says, Job's first test. So we're going to talk about the testing now. One day, the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves before the Lord and the accuser, Satan, came with them so if we look at this right here that 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 one portion he says that that the that the members of the heavenly court came to present themselves this is the angelic host coming and as they come to present you gotta you gotta look at the picture and it doesn't clarify, but you see in Daniel where it talks about how the angelic host would come and they would present themselves and they would, it's almost as they would come to give like a, like a report of, of what they were doing. But they would come to the throne room. They would come to the throne room. This time it says that the accuser Satan came with them. And then verse 7, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth, watching everything that's going on. You see, we talked about this, about the, about the realities of the second heavens and the third heavens, and we talk about, about the atmosphere of what's going on around us, that even now this is our natural realm, but there is a realm of the heavens that, that is real. And it says, and, and Satan here says, I have been patrolling the earth. He's been looking around. He says, I've been patrolling, watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man in all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fears God, and he stays away from evil. Then Satan replies to the Lord, Yes, but Job has good reason to fear God. You have always put a wall of protection around him, and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything that he does. Look how rich he is. But reach out and take away everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right, you may test him, the Lord said to Satan. Do whatever you want with everything he possesses, but do not harm him physically. So Satan left the Lord's presence. So really quick, we'll just pause right there. 
The devil has no authority at all. He needs permission to do everything that he does. A lot of times we fall to this victim mentality that <laughs> I've done it. I'm just going to say I've, I've done it myself. We're, we're like, oh, woe is me, and I'm always getting attacked. And, and, and the truth is, is that the attack isn't something that the Lord is, is, is blessing the truth is that I've come into agreement with the very thing, the lie that the enemy has placed upon me. Because it's not heaven's reality. You see, we have, to, we have to understand the nature of God and who God is. So verse 12 says, oh, I'm sorry, I just read that. Go to verse 13. One day... When Job's son and sons and daughters were feasting at the oldest brother's house, a messenger arrived at Job's home with the news. Your oxens, with some donkeys feeding beside them, when, some, when the Sabians raided us, they stole all the animals and they killed all the farmhands. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While he was still speaking, another messenger shows up with news. The fire of God has fallen from heaven and burned up all your sheep and all the shepherds. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, a third messenger arrived with this news. The three bands of Chaldean raiders have stolen your camels and killed your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while he was still speaking, another messenger. Now listen, I don't know about you, but that was a bad day. That was a bad. Have you guys ever had that kind of a day? Now let's just bring it to a different reality. Let's bring it to our, our we wake up in the morning. I, and I'm not going to compare my day to Job's. Just please don't. But I wake up in the morning and I go to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> and my coffee cup breaks. Now listen, I know there's nothing compared to this. I'm just giving you a little. Then we go to grab the something and then we notice that the refrigerator is making a funny noise. And then it starts screaming and all of a sudden it just shuts off. Then you find out that you go outside, and the car doesn't want to start. Then you get a call that something happened at your son's school. So every moment was a bad, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give you a, a picture of what it looks like. You know, some of us are farmers. You wake up, and you work so hard, you wake up in the morning to find out all your chickens are dead. That's not going to happen. But what I'm saying is, the, en the enemy comes and the attacks come. So, while speaking, it says another messenger arrived with this news. Where am I, I'm sorry. 18, yes. 
While speaking, another messenger arrived with the news. Your sons and daughters were feasting in their older brother's home, and suddenly a powerful wind swept in the wilderness and hit the house from all sides, and the house collapsed, and all your children are now dead. And I am the only one who escaped to tell you. Job stood up. He stood up and he tore his robe in grief. Then he shaved his head and he fell to the ground and worshiped. And he said, I came naked from my mother's womb and I will be naked when I leave. The Lord gave me what I had and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. And in all this, Job did not sin by blaming God. So then let's go into Job. We're going to go into chapter 2 now. Because see, Job continued even through the testing and he continued to worship and praise the Lord. That's a hard thing to do. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm being transparent when I, when I say this, but man, when, 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 Stuff like that were to happen. I don't know if I could respond if my children were die, my wife were to pass away, and I'm sick of there. I'm, I'm there, and oh Lord, you're so good. I'd probably be a little hurt, and I'd probably be a little mad. But I, I'm just being in the natural. Don't get mad, and I'm just I'm being truthful because we have emotions, and we're people. And we, we know, and that's why it says that we're not supposed, we're not of this world, and our minds need to be lined up with the Father's heart. But that's why it's important that we need to know the nature and the character of God. Because, see, if I think the nature of God is He's against me, but when the truth is He's for me, but if I think that God's against me, I'm going to think and believe that what He did to my family was because He was mad at me or because I did something bad. And that's far from the truth. So we go into chapter 2. One day the members of the heavenly court came again to present themselves before the Lord. And the accuser, Satan, came with them again. He says, where have you come from? The Lord asked Satan. Satan answered the Lord, I have been patrolling the earth watching everything that's going on. Then the Lord asked Satan, Have you noticed my servant Job? He is the finest man of all the earth. He is blameless, a man of complete integrity, and he fears God and stays away from evil. And he has maintained maintained his integrity, even though you urged me to harm him without cause. Food for thought. Why why do you think and just why do you think he asked Satan have you considered my servant Job even again Like he did it the first time but why did he do it again I believe I believe it's kind of like uh it was like he was saying listen this is my son 
Have you considered? You know, you tried the first time, but you could find nothing in him. And it's almost like he was telling the devil, why have you considered my son Job? Like, in other words, this is my son. This is who I'm well pleased. And again, he reaffirms, he's blameless, right? He's a man of complete integrity. And then Satan replied to the Lord on verse 4, skin for skin, a man will give up everything that he has to save his life. But reach out and take away his health, and he will surely curse you to your face. All right. Do with him as you please, the Lord said to Satan, but spare his life. God gave permission again for him to be tested. For him to be tested. So then Satan left the Lord's presence and he struck Job with the terrible boils from head to foot. Job scraped his skin with a piece of a broken pottery as he sat among the ashes. And his wife said to him, Are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Sometimes we've got to surround ourselves with people that will be a company of heaven. Because a lot of times what happens is you're going to find people that will just, they won't give you the, the encouragement that you need. But he says, she says, curse God and die. But Job replied, you talk like a foolish woman. Should we accept only the good things from the hand of God and never anything bad? So in all this, Job said nothing wrong. Hmm. Holy Ghost. Revelations 20, verse 1, says this. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven with a key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil, Satan, and he bound him in chains for a thousand years. You see, the devil has no power and no authority to make you and I sin. It has no power and no authority to make us sin. The only authority he has is what we give to him. It's what we give to him. What we give to him in our agreement, what we give to him in our thoughts, what we allow him, we allow him access. You see, I've been really praying. I've been even, even speaking. I even think this was something that came up in our, our, our school on, on Wednesday. But I, I was pondering about doors and, and windows that we open up in our life. You know, and, and, and this morning, you know, even this morning as, as we were worshiping, one of the things I heard I heard like the Lord saying he, he was going to deal with some root issues in the bride. There were some root issues that he wanted to heal the bride from. And I began to feel pain. And it was really wild because in the natural, some of us in this room, or even some that are watching, you have been having issues with your teeth. 
you've been having, I don't know if it's your molar or what it is, but you've been having problems with your teeth. And the Lord began to speak to me. He said it would be confirmation as they hear because he says, I'm going to get to the root. There's issues in our lives that we have not allowed ourselves to be completely healed from. Those are the root issues. And those root issues have come from us allowing our doors to be opened up to things that we've allowed in our lives that is not the kingdom of heaven. Outwardly, we look like we have it all together. We look like we're good Christians. Well, that's a good-looking brother or sister there. Man, they're so holy. Little do you know that they got... When they've got some things they got to get rid of. So the Lord wants to bring healing this morning to even root issues that we've been dealing with in our own lives. Open doors that we've allowed. Listen, it is crazy to think that God is going to bless things that are out of his will and his nature. I remember even when my wife and I were, were younger and we are trying to move into the things of the Lord. I mean, we were, we were young. It was 20-something years ago, 23 years ago. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, I should never say years because if I make that mistake, I'm in trouble. It was a lot of years ago. But we were living together out of marriage. And I said I would never get married because I saw what happened to my mom and dad. I said, I saw my dad leave my mom or not, you know, in a bad way, but I saw my dad walk out and I was, I was devastated. I said, you know what? I would never do that. I said, I would never do that to my own kids. So the way I thought about it was I'm not going to get married. I'm just going to live this life and we'll be together. You'll be my girlfriend forever. Forever. She's like, put a ring on it. But I remember my pastor would tell me, he says, you need, to, you need to just get this right. This is an open door in your life. It's an open door in our lives. And I'm going to tell you what, these are open doors in our lives. It is crazy for us to think that God is going to bless or ordain things that you're doing outside of the will of God. Hmm. Well, <laughs> Holy Spirit. don't want to take a picture iPad. Hold on. <laughs> My camera's on. Sorry about that. <laughs> but there's doors that we've allowed ourselves to step into. Things on the internet. You know, you get on the Internet, you go on Instagram, you go on these places, and, and young men and the women, listen, if you're, if you're watching right now, those even in here, if you're looking at things that are not pure, stop. Right. These are doors that we open up that what happens is we give agreement for the enemy to come and to test you. Oh That's part of the testing. Yeah. It's part of the testing. Why does God allow tax on us while we're being tested? 
We see in Job 1, even Job didn't understand why. He didn't know why the attacks were coming from Satan, but he had and he used his opportunity to give glory to God. To give glory to God. I've, I've, uh, I would never try to compare myself to this. But I tell you what, in our own lives, whatever we go through can feel like a Job moment to you. His level of attack was according to where he was at or what the testing he was going through. Your testing is going to be according to what you're going through in your own life. And it's going to feel just as bad as it did to Job to you and to me. You know, I, I think about my, my, my situation with, with the eye, and I'm like, Lord, are you testing me? Is this a test? And the enemy will get you to believe. Well, what did you do wrong? What did I do? God, I'm sorry, I repent, Lord, I'm repenting. <laughs> That's the enemy looking for a way in. So what? You give glory to God in the time of your testing. That's why I'm like, Lord, I give glory to you. And I'm there and I'm praying. I pray for my doctor. He's a, he's a, a, a Hindu guy. My, my eye doctor. Isn't that crazy? It's, you know, because I believe this. You know, at the beginning of the year, it was like 2020. Vision. That's what we talked about. That was a prophetic word. Oh, it's the year of vision, God. The Lord is releasing vision. And then it was like, it's 2020, it's double vision. Double, double, double glory, double vision. And I still believe that to be true. And then the Lord reminded me of the encounter I had where I was taken to the sea of Revelation. And in this encounter, in this encounter, the first wave that came before the vision was the restored vision. The Lord is wanting to restore some of our vision. And then after the restored vision came, then the new vision came. And I'm telling you what, the Lord is bringing in something about restoring vision, not just your natural eyes, but your spiritual eyes for you to begin to see how he sees. It's a testing and a refining. And this whole thing with the COVID, what we, which people's families, come on, we have been in a test. We've been in a testing season. And everybody responded differently. And there's nothing wrong with that. Some people locked themselves up from the very beginning. Some people were like, I'm not going to get locked up. Everybody responded to where, they're, where they were at with the Lord and how the Lord led them. It was a testing season for us all. Even Jesus was tested through temptation by Satan in the desert, Matthew 4. Verse 1 through 10, where we see, but even, even Jesus, but this time Jesus passed the test. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't fail like Adam. <laughs> Come on. Another reason God might allow Satan's attacks is because he wants to build our maturity. He wants to build our maturity. Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 18. I'm not going to read all of it, but it speaks about putting on the whole armor of God and to stand against Satan. 
This requires dependence on God through prayer and the use of the word of God. If you're going through a season and you feel it's been a testing season, are you putting on the armor of God? You know, and, and I found myself, this is another transparent moment, and, and, but see, this is how we grow. I love, I believe it was John G. Lake, when he would say, he would share his weaknesses. He would share where he was weak in areas in his life, and he would see the Lord, because when he, and when he would begin to humble himself, he would see the breakthrough in those areas. But I, hmm, Holy Ghost. I have found myself, even when I go through situations or we go through situations where I know I'm supposed to be praying. I know this. And it's like, I, I trust the Lord with all my heart and with all my things. But I just forget to pray. But yet, I'll tell everybody around me, well, you got to pray. Are you praying? You want to see a breakthrough? You got to pray. Yeah. But when I'm going through it, I'm like, I know I got to pray. And I don't. Oh boy. Come on. And I walk around. <laughs> I walk around. And I walk defeated sometimes. Man, Lord, what's going on, God? Why, why is this happening? You know, I, I told my wife the other day, I said, Man, is this ever going to be over? And I'm, I'm, I'm just being transparent and honest because is it ever going to be finished, God, where, where I'm not going to have to deal with certain things? And the truth is, it's all murmuring and complaining. Yeah. It's all I'm doing. I'm doing a pity party. Because heaven's reality is I am healed. Heaven's reality is you have the power and the authority and breakthrough is there. That's, right. That's, right. That's heaven's truth. That so we have to put on the armor of God. You have to be praying. Jesus, I thank you, Father. I thank you for the testing, God. I thank you, God, that, that you're bringing maturity to me right now, God. You're bringing new levels, God, of, of, of just in my walk, God. And even though I know you will not leave me, I know you won't forsake me, God, because I know you're with me, God, in all these things, Lord. It doesn't matter. I trust in you, God. We have to be like Job, where we, we just go and we just shout. And we praise the Lord in all things. Man, we lose our jobs and we fall apart. COVID comes and people are out of work and there's people, there's families and people. I mean, everything around us is just chaotic and some of us have fallen apart. But the truth is you've been being tested. The Lord is wanting to build your spiritual maturity. He wants, he wants all dependency to be on him. Every bit of it, 100%. Second uh, Corinthians says this. Blessed be God of all comfort 
who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which is we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we shall, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ will we share abundantly in comfort too. That means this. Sometimes our testing comes so we can bring comfort to others later. So we can be a comfort to others later. Even when we have no clear answers to explain why God allows the attacks, we still have the promise of Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, All things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. No matter how severe the attack, we know that. I don't know if I can go on the record and say that every attack is a testing from God, but I'm almost pretty sure that it is. Every attack, everything that we go through, We're always constantly being tested. And I don't believe it's a testing for it's a pass or fail. I believe it's a process that God puts us to go through for for us to grow. It's kind of like when you're doing workouts to be, you're lifting weights to build those muscles so that when the big game comes, you can perform the way you're supposed to. God is preparing us. Or something bigger than all of us. God is faithful. <clears throat> and he will not be tempted beyond your own ability. But with temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah. Now, we have, this is probably one of the most important things that we need to know. And I, I say this often. We have to know God's nature and God's character. Because God's intentions for you and I are good. At times we allow the attacks to come against us. Perhaps it's because he wants to strengthen our faith to test us or to prepare us to help others in their time of need. Come on. Regardless of the reason, we can stand firm in God's promises, including the promise of John 4.4. And we know this when we say this all the time. He who is greater than he in us than he who is greater in the world. Come on, that's powerful. We have to know that he will never leave us nor, or forsake us. God is for you. And that's why it's, it's important to know the nature of God. Because if we don't know his nature, we don't know the character, then we're going to have a different way that we think that God has left us. That's true. That's right. You know, if you, if, if you grow up a person, a child who's been in the system, maybe, you know, I've worked in, in, in mental health for many years. We worked in that place with, with kids in the system. And everything that we dealt with with these children was, they always dealt with rejection, with abandonment, 
They never had a stable place. They were going from foster home to foster home. And one thing that they were always used to was feeling like they were being left. And because they always felt that way, they, they, they had a, a belief system that everybody was out to hurt them because everybody that they've ever encountered has hurt them. So their belief system was set that they were prepared to be hurt. That's the same way with the Lord. If we think that God's nature is against us and everything that he does, we're going to take up this orphan mentality and we're going to act like we're victims when truly we're not. James 4, 7 says this. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God and resist the devil and he will flee from you. That scripture got me through many, many seasons. Oh, man. Resist the devil. And I love it because it says that he will flee. I'm not sure if it's in the King James where it says that and he must flee. But one of the translations says that resist the devil and he must flee. That word must means he has no choice. He's got to go. <laughs> God will continually test the people's character, our faith, our obedience, our love, our integrity, and our loyalty. Our character is developed and revealed in the testing seasons. See, y'all all said y'all were in a test. You've been experiencing testing. The Lord is revealing your character in this season of being tested. And some of us are seeing things that we don't like in ourselves. But this is part of the growth process, the maturing process. That's why it's important that we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to know His nature, to step in to the, underst the understanding and the revelation of knowing who He is. So what I want to do this morning, I want to take a, a couple of minutes to look at some of the ways that God's people, the bride, you and I, have been tested. And we probably didn't even realize it. Number one, a test of our patience. How many of you guys have been tested in patience? Woo! I can't stand being in line at the stores. I can't. See, the Lord's working on me. I've been in the test of patience. I'm that guy that when I'm riding down Highway 6 and that person's going super slow, that I'm constantly swerving to see if I can pass them. When the truth is I'm only going to get like three, four car lengths ahead. And there's no point in it. But I feel good. But I feel good. I've been in a testing of my patience. Trials and tribulations can be a test of patience. 
The Lord has a timing for fulfilling his plans and purpose. And sometimes his plans take much longer than we expect. Sometimes we've been asking the Lord to help us get breakthrough in a certain place or to, to, to do something on our, on, on our behalf. And we find like we've just been hitting a brick wall. And it hasn't happened yet. God has his timing. Hmm. Listen to what uh, James chapter 1 says. It says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Lacking nothing. So then we go into our part two of what we've been tested in. So we know that one of them is patience. And we see in, 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 in James, he says, testing of your faith produces patience. So you got to know that number two is going to be a testing of your faith. A test of faith. Trials can be a test of our faith. Do we believe and God, even in the midst of our pain and our suffering. Do we believe in the promises of God, even when everything's falling apart? Come on. Even when everything kind of looks impossible, do we believe in God? I'm, I'm, I'm not talking outwardly. I'm talking inwardly. Because remember I said so many of us are like, holy roller Christian. I've got it all together. But inwardly, I'm battling. Man, Lord, are you really there? Are you really there, God? Because this feels really hard right now. I just lost my son or my daughter. And you want me to believe and trust? Where were you? So it's a test of our faith. Do we believe even when it looks impossible? Do we trust God even when he does not deliver us? Even when you go through the trials and, you do, and you're stuck in that place? When you're stuck in front of the gate for 33 years, panhandling, while the Messiah walks by, could be healed at any moment, but your portion was for 33 years? To beg? See, everything has God's timing. Even in that story, it was so that God could be glorified. Do we trust God even when we do not understand the way of His working in our lives? <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were tested, and they showed their faith. Come on, we know that story. Daniel 3, 16 through 18 says this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. 
if the God we serve exists, that he can rescue us from the furnace blazing fire and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, come on, even if he doesn't rescue us, We want you to know as king that we will not serve your God or worship your gold statue that you set up. It's not that we can't do it. It's that we won't do it. Come on. We won't do it. Here's a thought. How can you know if you are faithful unless you've been tested in your faith. How can we know if we're faithful unless we've been tested in our faith? Number three, a test of love. Come on, man, oh man. That's a big one. A test of love. Because love means a lot of things. Trials can test our love. They can reveal whom or what we love the most in our lives. They can reveal our priorities and our desires. The Lord wants us to love Him more than anybody else or anything else. The depth of our love to God is revealed during the seasons of trials. And Peter was an example of this trial. I think of even my situation. Because one of my prayers was this. I said, Lord, teach me how to show, or teach me or show me how to love like you. That's been my prayer for a long time. I said, Lord, I just want to love like you. I just want to love like you. And, you know, regardless of what it looks like, just teach me to love. And in that time that I was, I've been praying that prayer, I feel like that's been the most time that I've been attacked. My love walk has been hit the hardest by people that I've given my love to. And I'm learning, and I'm learning. And I'm like, Lord, how do you do it, God? How can I love? How can I do it when they constantly, I'm getting hurt or I'm getting beat up? That's been my, my prayer. And I praise God because I know I'm not there yet. But I'm a lot better than I was last year. <laughs> I really am. That we can just love, that we can put our love on for people. John 21 15 and 17 says this. When they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him. You know that I love you. Well, feed my lambs. And then he told him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you said to him. He said to him. You know I love you. Shepherd my sheep. And then he told him, on verse 17, he asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved. And he asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And then he said, feed my sheep. 
feed my sheep. That means even those that were against Jesus, even those that were against him, Peter, and every, every he said, feed them. Not just the spirit, but natural. Come on, everything. Number four, a test of endurance. A test of endurance. Trials can be a test of our endurance. How much are we willing to endure for the Lord? And will we give up easily? Some of us have given up really easy. There's been times that I just said, I can't do it. I'm leaving. I'm done. Forget it. God, you said it wasn't going to be this hard. We give up sometimes, easy. So I look at the life of Paul. I'm, I'm finishing up here just a minute. So my first closing. Ha, Holy Ghost. <laughs> so we want to talk about endurance. Let, let's, let's look at Paul. Let's look at Paul. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. If I can get Peter to come on out here. We're going we're gonna to look at Paul here. We're going to start on verse 24. And this is Paul talking now. And it's one of the letters he writes. He says, five times I received the Jews from the Jews. Forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. I want you to get a visual picture of this. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. I have spent a night and a day in rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, Dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the open country, dangers on the sea, dangers amongst false brothers. Then 27, labor and hardship. Many sleepless nights. Hunger. Thirst. Often without food. Cold. Lacking clothing. John, Paul, he was going through some testing. I probably would have given up after the 40 lashes. Who won? I mean, but he went on and he endured. That's part of the testing. Are you willing to endure what God has called you this season? So this morning, the, the scripture was, our key verse was Job 23. If I go east, he is not there. If I go west, I cannot perceive him. When he is at work to the north, I cannot see him. 
When he turns to the south, I cannot find him. Yet he knows the way I have taken, and he tested me. And I will emerge pure as gold. See, the the refining comes right there. That's the refining portion. The testing comes. You go through the testing of your faith and your walk and your patience. Everything that you go through in your life. You see, you see Paul, what he went through, and he endured. But he says, then I will emerge pure as gold. Because of your seasons of testing, God is refining you. And this morning, let's stand, let's stand this morning. Thank you, Father. And just like Job this morning, you've been in a season of testing in your lives. You've been in that season of where the testing has come, but I'm telling you today that you will emerge pure as gold. There's a refining that God is doing in your life this morning. So right now, where you're at, just begin to pray, just begin to give it to the Lord. But Father, we thank you, God. We thank you for the season of testing, Lord. Father, we thank you that you've you've given us the, the, the ability, God, the strength, God, the authority, God. You've given us everything that we need, the tools that we need this season, Lord, to endure, to endure, God, to endure the, the patience, the, the strength, God, to, that you would give us patience, God. Lord, that you have made us pure as gold, God. That you have refined us, God. There is a refining fire that you have that you're allowing us to be in right now, God. You're the fourth man. We thank you, God. And I thank you for those that are watching online, God. I thank you for those that are in this room this morning. Father, we thank you for the testing, God. Because we know that you're doing the inner works in our own lives. You're bringing us to a, a level of spiritual maturity, God. But to know who you are, Lord, that you're a good God. And that your thoughts for us are good, pure, and holy, Lord. So, Father, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.